Welcome to Xanadu Gallery's Red Dot Podcast. I'm Jason Horsch, owner of Xanadu Gallery, publisher of Red Dot Blog, and your host for this podcast. Uh, This is episode 11, and I'd like to take a moment to wish everyone in the States, at least, a happy Independence Day. We're recording this on the week of July 4th. Um, And for those of you not in the States, we'll wish you a happy summer and hope uh, everything's going well. Uh, This week, I wrote a post on Red Dot Blog about art display. And um, I wanted to take just a, a little bit of time today, and, and it's going to be the topic for today's podcast, and dive in and respond to some of the comments that were left on the post. I think this is a really important subject, and there were some great comments that came in in response to it. Uh, and I wanted to just be able to expand a little bit um, on that, uh, on those comments. And I'm not going to repeat the everything I said in the blog post. Uh, you, you know, if you want some insights into my thoughts on um, uh, art display and, and how to lay things out and giving things space, I'd encourage you to hop onto the blog and uh, read that post. Um, but but it, it is important, um, certainly, to be constantly thinking about how uh, we're displaying art, uh, me in the in the gallery, what, what how we're laying things out, how much space we're giving things, and you and the opportunities that you might have to show your work, whether that's at an art festival, uh, a show. Um, uh, you, you know, a lot of you mentioned in the comments that you participate in community gallery spaces and have an opportunity to do some hanging there. And and I hope this post encourages some conversations and uh, maybe helps everybody involved in the art business move in a better direction in terms of the display of artwork. Now, let me also say that I know that um, uh, certainly it's all relative and um, one of the main points that I made in this post was that it's a good idea to give artwork some breathing space, uh, to give your artwork room and, um, you know, not to try and crowd too much in. Well, I realize that there could certainly be artists and gallery owners who would visit my gallery or see photos of it online and would say that my gallery is extremely crowded and cramped and, and um, you know, that there's not enough space. Um, I have been in art galleries where you might have a 30-foot wall with one painting in the middle of it um, and, and the rest of it is just empty space around it. Um, and, and I can certainly, um, you, you know, if anything, I think that illustrates the power of, of giving artwork space and creating importance with that space. I, I guess I would say that I aspire to perhaps one day moving uh, in that direction, maybe not quite to that extreme, um, but wouldn't we all love to have larger spaces and be able to give artwork even more space? And I guess my point is that you want to take the space that you have available to you, whatever the display is, and you want to strive to optimize that space to show your artwork in the best way possible um, and, and to encourage sales. And my argument is that in a lot of cases, we are fighting a counter temptation 
a, a kind of almost a, a, a counter urge to show as much artwork as we can. And I'll say that uh, that's a very understandable um, temptation that we all face. Um, certainly, uh, we here in the gallery struggle with this, myself and my staff. Um, you know, there there is always more art that could be displayed. Um, and it, it's hard to hide a great piece of artwork in the back room, um, you know, I, I, I certainly ha- have had this issue come up where, you know, I've got a display of an artist's work and I've got five or six pieces out and, uh, you, you know, the artist brings in some new work. And so now the question becomes, okay, you know, what do I take down to put this piece up? And boy, the piece I'm taking down is great as well. Um, you, you know, what if the next person who walked in the gallery would have fallen in love with this piece that I'm taking down and purchased it and wouldn't be interested? And so you go through this whole uh, internal argument every time you're making these display decisions. Um, and what I will find happening in my gallery is that um, there will be times where a... Uh, a salesperson will uh, surreptitiously take a piece from the back and bring it out onto the floor and just set it underneath the artist's work. Um, you know, and and probably most of the time it's very innocent. It's just uh, maybe someone had requested to see an additional piece and the the, the piece was brought out and then left there. Uh, and sometimes I think that uh, there, there's a little bit of a thought, well, if I just have this out here, maybe it will sell. Um, it, it's kind of a symptom of the grass always being greener, the artwork always being better that's in the back than, than that isn't. And, and so we're going to talk a little bit more about that as well today. Um, but, uh, y- you know, I am constantly working on just keeping the gallery as clean and orderly and creating as much flow as we can. Um, and, and that means that this is something that's always on my mind, something that I'm always working on and aware of. Um, and from your comments, it's clear that this is something that, uh, that you all are thinking about and aware of as well. And so let me dive in. Um, and the way I'm going to approach this, I just took um, some of the comments f- that, that were left on the post that I felt were, were broad enough and, and kind of representative of maybe other comments that were left. And, and I'm going to read a few of those comments and, and just, just uh, bring them into the discussion. Um, and then, of course, you can join the, the discussion by posting your own comments on the blog. The first comment comes from artist Bonnie Belt. Uh, and Bonnie says, this article is timed perfect for, uh, perfectly for me. I'm headed to an art fair this weekend, and I always put out too much. I have so many sculptures of different subjects and sizes, I'm afraid that the one I didn't display is the one the customer will fall in love with and buy. I have a terrible time deciding what to display. But I think you're so right. I find that customers can't focus on my work as they are overwhelmed with my quantity and variety. I know that my high-end work is less likely to be purchased, but I want to show it just in case. I will really try and limit my display to tell myself that as one sells, I can then display a new piece in that spot. When I do this, do you have any suggestions on what I say to a customer who asks, do you have any more like this in the back? 
I usually say yes, dig around in my storage, and try to find it. If I say no and they come back later and see a new piece, what do I tell them? So there's a lot to unpack in, in this comment, and, and I, I chose it because it covers a lot of territory, and like I say, it's reflective of uh, what many of the comments were, this question of displaying at art shows and art festivals. And let me begin by saying that um, certainly there are different uh, considerations at an art festival and show than there are in a, in a gallery. And, and the, the first and most obvious one is that you just have some physical differences, some limitations um, in terms of the amount of space that you're going to have available to you. You're going to have a lot less, uh, most likely, than I, than, than I would have in my gallery. And then also you're, you're dealing with challenges in terms of lighting and, and uh, perhaps the, the way the, the layout stands. And so you really have to um, uh, be adaptable and and uh, flexible and 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 just try to work towards creating the 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 best display that you can under the circumstances. Um, and so a couple of things that uh, Bonnie said first, she confirmed what I what I was commenting on that uh, you do have that nagging voice in the back of your mind saying, oh, you know, what if I choose the wrong one? And I, I think that um, over the years, I have been able to come to terms with, with this fear and, and kind of deal with it in my own way. And, and that is that I just have, have decided that I, I am more likely to sell if I, if I make the choice. Uh, in other words, if, if I make this commitment to giving things space and creating narrative and make the decision... Um, rather than than punting and just leaving everything out or trying to hang more than should be there, um, yes, I've got got more work out, but uh, now I've I've potentially lost focus, and so my decision is that in the long run, uh, for our gallery, we've found that that we are going to sell better, and and um, and you know I don't know that I can say that I have scientific evidence of this, but I can tell you that our sales have certainly. Uh, improved over the years as I have learned to edit what we are displaying and, and decrease the amount uh, that's on show and as, as we work to, to constantly keep things organized and clean. So um, that, that's, you know, and, and I just don't second guess myself. Um, if, if work isn't on display and someone comes in, um, you know, and, and they would have bought it, well, that's just the luck of the draw. And the next person who comes in, uh, you, you know, will make the purchase and, and, and make it worthwhile. Now, the other comment that uh, Bonnie makes is this question about what if someone comes in, sees your work and likes it, but then asks about other pieces. Now, this is... I could probably do a podcast, uh, in a, you know, just on this one subject of how many different choices do you want to give? And, and here's our approach to this question. When someone is looking at an artist's display, our highest priority is to sell what is on display. And so it is quantifiably different to have someone looking at some work and, and expressing interest and narrowing in, you know, maybe they like uh, one or two particular pieces. And now I'm going to move towards closing a sale on those one or two pieces. And during that process, they casually 
ask the question, is this all you have of the artist's work? Um, you know, at, at that point, if I feel like I have some some fairly strong candidates uh, for purchase, I am going to not introduce complexity into the situation and not bring out additional pieces if I can avoid it. Um, y- you know, and, and um, you have to be a, obviously a little bit discerning and, and know your, your client. And, and, you know, this is something that comes with experience. And in those cases, um, it, you know, I, I just try and move the conversation back to the artwork at hand. Um, you know, we do have a couple of other minor pieces, but but these ones that you're looking at are are the strongest, and we don't have anything really quite like these pieces. Um, you know, and and that does leave the door open if a, a little later in the conversation it becomes clear that maybe the interest wasn't as strong as I thought it was. Um, or they have a particular need that another piece might fill, then I can can go to the back and, and bring one of those pieces out and, and introduce it. But, and I've written blog posts on this before, and that is that offering too many different options and, and complicating a decision can really decrease the likelihood of, of making a sale. You're, you're, the more choices your client has, the more possibilities that are available the less likely that client is to zero in on on one and and be closed, and so you want to be um, you want to be careful about that. Now, it's different if you know they're more casually looking at the work, and as I say, the the conversation comes up that hey, I, I like this artist's work. None of these pieces are really appealing to me. Uh, I have a space in my home um, where, you know, I'm looking for X and, you know, is there anything else available? Then, yes, absolutely. I'm going to be more prone to, um, you know, thinking about the inventory I have on hand and and potentially bringing out another piece. So it's not necessarily that we're hiding the pieces that we don't have on display. We just don't want to be too eager to... Uh, you know, pull everything out and in essence, um, do exactly what what I'm talking about avoiding. And that is, yeah, maybe I don't have everything hung on the walls. um, But every time someone walks into my booth, I'm pulling everything out and creating chaos and disarray. Um, You you know, we just want to focus is the name of the game. We want to strive to encourage focus on the artwork that's on display. So, um, you know, keep that in mind. And and as I say, um, you know, I know this this question of how much to display in your show booth is is a difficult one. And what I would say is that you're going to have to experiment with this. Um, you know, try different a, a different number of pieces on display from one show to the next, and see what the reaction is. See how much um, attention work gets, and and what your sales are like. And over the course of, of you know, it, it may take months or years of showing, you will find what the right level of, of display is for you. You know, we've been at this. I've had the gallery for 16 years now. And this is still something that uh, we experiment with from time to time, increasing and decreasing the, the amount of work that we're showing. So, um, you know, keep working at it. But, but I would encourage you, and, and I think that... Um, Hopefully, the, the, the post and, and this conversation, the encouragement is to try and restrain yourself from 
putting in as much as you might naturally want to into a display. Um, I, I think that there's just a tendency, uh, you know, and, and I understand this, especially difficult for you as an artist, because you are going to be emotionally attached to each piece of artwork. And keeping one back may feel like a rejection of that piece of artwork. But instead, I would think of it as, you know, you've built inventory and you're giving yourself more flexibility and options by keeping some inventory back and, and keeping the focus on, on fewer pieces. The next comment came from uh, Henry Jensen. And Henry says, I could not agree with you more. The correct placing and display of a piece is vital to its perceived success as a work of art as well as for the prospect of a sale. Far too often in art fairs, as well as in some galleries, one sees artwork, sculpture, as well as paintings and prints crowded onto the walls or display screens. A viewer needs room to breathe, to be able to stand still, undisturbed, and allow the art's subtleties to emerge and be perceived. Crowding pictures onto a wall, starting at a level just above the floor to high above the door level, is laughable and is, in fact, a display of greed on the part of the curator. Displays situated close to corners or in narrow passage-like spaces also guarantee failure. Correct lighting is equally important. A bright glare from powerful lamps is just as bad as poorly lit display. The angle and blinding reflections from bright lights trained on a piece can kill any chance of a sale. Crowding art together and the accompanying concentration of lights also affects the buildup of heat in the summer, uh, overpowering the air conditioning in the room negatively, affecting comfort levels. So you may see from these comments that I feel strongly about these issues, having experienced them too often. Many curators and gallerists do not seem to be sufficiently aware of these pitfalls. And obviously that's, uh, and, and I, I, I included Henry's comment because I think he says some things uh, that I wasn't didn't mention in, in my uh, post very well and very succinctly. Um, you know, it, it is just so important. And I guess, and, and, you know, I've certainly, as I've had this discussion previously, I have heard counter arguments from artists or curators or gallerists about the salons in Paris. And, you know, certainly there are shows where the whole idea is to go from floor to ceiling. And I've been in some collector's homes where, where that is the case, where they've gone for a salon display. And um, I, I, I think that that is more difficult to pull off successfully than going with less and, and allowing more space. Um, and, and so I guess that is why I pursue it and why I encourage artists in most cases to pursue a less is more approach. Um, but that's not to say that a, a salon display can't be, uh, you know, effectively executed and, and actually be interesting, but it's just a very different effect. And if you're going to have a lot of, of art on a wall or on pedestals, and you're really going to try and maximize the, the, the space and display as much art as possible. And, and, you know, I suppose that there are some shows where that's just the only option available. There's, there's too much work to show in, 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 in the space that's available. And, um, you know, a, a, a good curator, I suppose, could effectively use that space and create something interesting, uh, you know, obviously a very different effect. But 
I, I would argue that it takes, uh, you, you know, a, a tremendous amount of experience and um, uh, an incredible eye to be able to pull something like that off effectively. And in most cases, we're all going to be better off uh, by showing much, much less artwork. And, and I, you know, I think also uh, the argument that I would also make about the salon displays that in a lot of cases, sales were not the primary aim in creating that setup. Um, it was about the diversity of display and, um, you know, maybe the artwork that is on display is by artists who are very well recognized and the, the focus is created by having those artists and their work on display. And so people can, can get in and, um, you know, not be distracted because the the individual works themselves are so powerful and so strong. But um, uh, I, I certainly know that I could not pull that off, and and I have my doubts about how many artists um, or other gallerists can effectively pull that off as well. The next comment uh, comes from Stan Bowman. It seems to me that these principles also can apply to holding open studios. My wife and I have an open studio almost every month as part of our local art trail and usually get several visitors. But it does mean we have to do some organizing to help give everyone a good experience. At times, though, we have works in progress, materials, paints, etc., lying around in a haphazard fashion. However, it can give us a chance to discuss our art process and techniques which visitors seem to like. For us, this is also fun, and occasionally we may get useful suggestions. Yeah, um, and, and certainly an open studio event. Um, it's cool that, uh, that that Stan has an opportunity to do that with, with great regularity, and I, I would imagine that that actually helps keep the studio uh, more organized than it might otherwise stay because you've got such a, a frequency of uh, open studios. Um, but, but an open studio, you're right, is a great opportunity to invite potential collectors into your space and to uh, show them the process and, and create an experience for them to have them see the artwork. And, and I would consider your studio space then during an open studio to have transformed itself into a gallery. Um, and that means that you want to take these, these principles into consideration as you're setting up your space. Uh, how can I give more room to the artwork? How can I create areas of focus and interest? Is my lighting the way that I would like it to be on this particular piece? You know, what what is a an objective observer, someone who's not familiar with my work, going to experience when they step into my space? And you really want to step into their shoes and think about the experience that they are going to be having. And again, I, I can promise you that in most cases, less is more, and the more importance you give each individual piece of artwork, the greater the experience that, that people are going to have. Um, you know, it's kind of this, this idea that you, instead of throwing everything at them at once and taking kind of a shotgun approach, um, you're going to be more focused and, and um, j just create fewer but more powerful experiences. Cindy says, I had to, uh, excuse me, I had to leave a co-op gallery last year because the poor state of the building embarrassed me. The ceiling was actually falling in places and filthy. Mind you, the location is very desirable. The landlord had been promising to do a remodel for years, but I was not willing to wait after my first year there. The longer I spent there, 
the more disarray I noticed. I voluntarily repainted the entire gallery and added lighting, but in the end, it just depressed me to have my work there. Lesson learned. You know, we are asking our potential buyers to make a significant investment in a piece of artwork if they're going to purchase it. Um, you know, we're asking, uh, you know, and, and obviously there's a wide variety of price points, but, you know, relatively speaking, we're asking them to part with their hard-earned dollars um, and, and make what is a, you know, really a discretionary purchase. And think about the message that you're sending if everything's kind of thrown together or as Cindy uh, relates here, the, the building is falling apart. You're conveying a message that runs counter to the motivation of your potential buyers. Um, if someone is buying a piece of artwork, they're going to be taking that piece of artwork into their lives, into their homes, um, or maybe into their offices, and, and it's going to become a part of their image. You want, uh, in their buying experience, to create a similar image. We want an image of success. We want an image of, uh, you know, clean and, and well-designed and well-thought-out. Um, we want to create a kind of wavelength that, um, you know, my gallery space or my display space is enhanced by this artwork. Um, but, you know, overall, the experience that you're having here is something that you're going to want to replicate in your home and, and bringing this artwork into your home is going to help you do that. And, you know, most of the time, I, I don't think necessarily that um, uh, your buyers are consciously thinking about these things, but, but there's an underlying motivation and, and a message that you're sending and the display of the artwork and, and the cleanliness of the space that you're showing in is, is very important. And, and so I would encourage you, again, to just be conscious of, of, of the space that, that you have and the way that you're displaying your artwork. And, and any efforts that you make to improve that display and, and um, to improve the experience that your buyers are having are going to, to result in, in tangible improvements in, in both the experience that people are having and also the, the level of sales that you're going to generate. Um, you know, this isn't something that's theoretical for me. I, I have seen this over my years in the gallery business that um, uh, buyers respond to those efforts that you put in. And, and so today's podcast and this post, I, I think, is a, a really practical um, hopefully application, and, and you can go back to whatever your next event is and spend some time thinking about uh, display and lighting and, and narrative. And, um, you know, obviously each event is going to have its own dynamic and, and there, there are a lot of variables involved. But if you can consistently do a better job of displaying your artwork and creating better experiences, over time, you're also going to see a consistent increase in, in sales and, and just enjoyment of people who are seeing your artwork. So I'd encourage you to, uh, you know, spend some time planning and, and thinking about it. Spend some time studying uh, galleries that you admire. What are they doing to display their artwork in a way that uh, is appealing to you? 
um, and and come up with a plan for and and maybe even more than just a plan for individual um, shows or, or displays of your work, but but also a, an overall strategy and philosophy uh, about displaying your artwork. Um, you know, the the other thing that we didn't talk about was, uh, although certainly it. Um, kind of comes into play in some of the comments is is how much control you have over display sometimes and and that changes uh, once you go from your own shows and open studios to showing with galleries um, and and you know you do have a, a a little bit less discretion when it comes to how a gallery is displaying your art but that can play into the kinds of galleries that you're going to approach with your work um, and, and maybe how much work you're providing and and the galleries that you're willing to work with uh, you know, if you walk into a gallery and it, it just does not have the presence or, or they're overcrowded or disorganized, that might be a, uh, a signal to you that that's not the gallery that, uh, that you'd like to work with or show your work in. Leave your comments in the comments section again uh, this week. Again, rather than having you leave a comment uh, to the podcast itself, I would encourage you, if you have an experience or, or an opinion about display, uh, to go to the original uh, blog post uh, that I put up on uh, Monday, the 3rd of July, and leave a comment there. That's kind of where the discussion for this is occurring. Um, you know, what, what have you done to better display your artwork? Uh, what have you seen done effectively? What do you aspire to? We'd love to hear your comments there. And that's our podcast for today. Uh, I'll look forward to hearing from you. And of course, we'll be back for another session uh, next week. Take care, everyone. <laughs>